G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're going to talk through some issues that might be very, very pertinent, very, very important for all who'll be listening in today because the dust is still settling on the controversy around the Essendon Football Club and the expectation that their newly appointed CEO, Andrew Thorburn, would need to choose, choose between the club or his church. And as you will recall, Andrew Thorburn chose his church over his club. Well, woke organisations think that mainstream Christian values of marriage and family and a pro-life position on abortion disqualify you from holding key leadership roles. Since the Thorburn incident, Christians at all levels of workplace leadership have been asking questions about the implications of the decision that Andrew Thorburn was forced to make. Now, if being a Christian inhibits your prospects for advancement in your organisation, what should you do? Well, a conversation today with insights into the way you might have conversations in your workplace should you be confronted by the same challenging decisions. Our special guest, Wayne Forward, is the national CEO of PeaceWise. It's an organisation that helps Christians, by God's grace, to apply peacemaking principles as a matter of stewardship, realising that conflict is an opportunity, not an accident. Wayne Forward, let me say a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. It's great to be with you again. Wayne, we're going to be talking about healthy conversations in an uncomfortable workplace. Is this something that's on the rise, do you think? I think it is. I think uh, we are we are increasingly seeing uh, the challenges of 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 conversations that sit outside of kind of normative held positions in our culture uh, as becoming more and more sensitive. And for Christians who hold often, to, to what would be considered traditional and sometimes out-of-date uh, beliefs around some of those moral issues in our society, uh, it is becoming an increasing challenge in our workplaces. Uh, Wayne, some say that the Andrew Thorburn incident uh, is in some ways a new precedent. Uh, your thoughts here, is this a precedent that's been set? Are workplaces everywhere going to be adopting the same sort of woke attitude as the Essendon Football Club? Yeah, I I hope not. Um, and I think we saw on the backlash of the Andrew Thorburn incident that there was a fair bit of pushback, I think. Uh, there was it was outcry from the Christian world of saying this isn't really right. Uh, but we saw that extend more broadly as well. We had former Prime Minister John Howard come out and make some statements and and other CEOs sort of said, we, hang on, we, we need to think about this. So whether it's set a precedent or not, uh, I'm not quite sure we want to be able to go that far. But I, I third, certainly think that the incident highlighted to us that our culture's ability to accept someone who holds to 
what we might say are, are the mainstay traditional Christian beliefs around topics around things like sexuality and abortion, which are uh, are often sit different to the, to our wider culture. The acceptance of of those uh, is becoming more challenged, uh, and people don't quite see how it fit, how it can fit together. Uh, we might all agree, we hope it's not a general precedent that's set in workplaces around the nation, but there are going to be some wider ramifications. There are going to be some who are in middle management now and hoping to be elevated to some of those top executive level sure. positions who might be a little sure. concerned right now because they're working for a secular organisation and uh, they you know, they will have known what the atmosphere yeah. is in their workplace as to how people responded when the Thorburn incident was you know, hot mm. property in the press. What are your thoughts for mm. wider ramifications? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you on that. Uh, I've had uh, conversations with with a number of friends that that work in secular organisations and hold uh, different levels of leadership, and it's certainly created questions. Um, what do I say? Uh, do I do I make a comment on Facebook? Do I do I like that LinkedIn post? Uh, because the second you start making those statements, people will make judgments, they make assessments. And I think that the whole issue with Andrew Thortman has raised for people that fear of if people know where I stand around these issues at a personal moral level, uh, will that will that hinder my chances of promotion? Will that hinder uh, the opportunities of advancement that I'm hoping to, to be able to step towards? Interesting, isn't it, as a development on the thought that some Christians are Sunday Christians and, uh, you know, it's all about God on Sunday, but when I'm back to work on Monday, I hide my faith. Uh, I put it under a bushel, so to speak. Uh, I don't let my little light shine. Uh, people wouldn't know whether I'm a Christian in the workplace. They just think I'm just like one of the crowd, uh, one of the secularized bunch. Any thoughts here as to how this situation may well have just pushed us into needing to take some sort of a stand in our workplace? Yeah, I, I think it's this situation has highlighted that there are differences. We do think differently. Uh, and uh, I think it does elevate for us an opportunity to be able to, to share with people as Christians, we do think differently, but we can still relate well to one another. Uh, one of the things that I think can help us as we think about living in an increasingly, uh, I would term it, a, a pluralistic society where, where we all think differently on different matters, one of the importance of a pluralistic society is actually the importance of proximity. Uh what you don't want in a pluralistic society is the siloing of each different, I guess, group or, 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 or communities that think a particular way. Because in our silos, we, we develop false notions in our minds about what the other is like. Uh, the workplace and our community, general community groups, actually present a wonderful place we're able to come near to those who think differently to ourselves. Uh, and by allowing ourselves to be known for the different things we stand for actually helps people to realise that actually we can think differently but still meet together. 
interesting to think about demonising people in the workplace because all of a sudden here we are as Christian believers concerned that we might be demonised because of some level of precedent set at the Essendon Football Club and yet we might ourselves be guilty of demonising others around us as well. And uh, and there's yeah. certainly going to be a level of uh, Christian discrimination uh, in a discriminatory sense, uh, not, not altogether yeah. negative, uh, that we need to be yeah. able to have to be able to assess right and wrong, good and evil. But, uh, but there's mm-hmm. a certain, you know, certain, uh, certain fingers pointing back at us when we're pointing a finger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, and I think you've raised two issues there. One is... One relates to uh, that element of of demonising, which you've you've mentioned there, and and I think we need to be careful of that ourselves towards others. I think we can build false expectations or false uh, assessments of those around us in the same way that others make of us. Uh, So I think that's something we always need to be careful of. Uh, I think the other bit that you've raised in there as well is just that notion of uh, that that notion of getting to know the other, uh, of being open to the idea that we do think differently on a particular matter, um, th- that's okay. Um, we've reached a point, and uh, I've discussed this in a recent article we published, this idea of, of acceptance and what acceptance actually means. Uh, and I think increasingly our culture is moving towards uh, a place where acceptance is seen as as accepting both the individual and also all of their beliefs. Uh, and that shift away from what might be considered a more traditional definition of acceptance, which which is more etched around, we can accept the person but still be okay to think differently on certain beliefs. Uh, that shift towards uh, a new definition of acceptance has made it is making it increasingly challenging uh, to be able to to be together and realize that we can think differently. And that's a really important thing for us to acknowledge. I think the bedrock behind healthy democracy and healthy pluralistic culture is actually a willingness to be able to, do community and society together whilst thinking differently on particular matters. I wonder if you've got any insights about general society because as Christians we'd like to think that believers, followers of Christ, have their beliefs, you know, grounded in a bedrock, uh, the rock that's not going to be moved, not on the the shifting mm. sand, but on the rock. So knowing what we believe, whereas mm. per- perhaps the pluralistic uh, workplace environment is full of people who are just being blown around by the cultural winds of the day. And so mm. understanding what we believe about uh, some of these mainstream Christian beliefs, and, you know, when we're talking mm. about marriage and family uh, or uh, a pro-life position uh, on the abortion yeah. issue, which is what was, uh, you know, under scrutiny with the Essendon uh, controversy, mm. understanding mm. what mm. we believe is going to be a real start, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, definitely. I think we're part of our culture is obviously we're moving away increasingly from a for a Christendom-type culture, uh, one which holds to to a biblical, um, I guess, or a scripturally-informed 
uh, normative laws and beliefs and values in our culture. Uh, we're in to what's sometimes defined as a, as a post-Christendom. And one of the things that changes with that is I think in historically Christ Christians haven't necessarily had to think critically around why they believe or hold to certain positions and values and so on, because that's been held normatively across our whole culture. But increasingly, as we move into a place where people think differently to what the large mainstream the church's position holds to on things, it is critically important that as believers, we become more informed about why we believe what we believe, uh, what it is that undergirds it, why, why we believe Scripture teaches these things, and be ready to be able to discuss those. Um, uh, but we want to be able to do that, obviously, as Scripture tells us. Uh, we want to be ready to be able to give an answer, but as we give that answer, we want it to be seasoned with salt, filled with love, and issuing grace and kindness as it is spoken to those around us. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Our special guest this hour is Wayne Forward. Wayne is National CEO of PeaceWise. When we're talking PeaceWise, we're talking peacemakers. In fact, a definition from the PeaceWise uh, homepage is a peacemaker is someone who's equipped to bring peace to conflict, restoration to damaged relationships, and the hope of Jesus in difficult situations. And if it's not you involved in a certain circumstance in your workplace, you may well be the peacemaker that helps two relationships that may well be damaged to be restored. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Wayne, let's take a call from Ruth in New South Wales. Hi, Ruth. Welcome along. Oh, thank you so much, Neil. How are you? I'm very well, Ruth. What's your thought and uh, do you have a sort of a scenario how are you thinking about our conversation i think it's absolutely fascinating and i don't have a scenario but something that just kept coming to my mind um as as you were speaking was that it's a great opportunity to present a our biblical worldview because sometimes you can get into an isolated conversation about this or that or whatever and without doing a whole great enormous spiel, you can say that that you have a biblical worldview, that how you see things is biblically and what God says and why, and, and why we're in the situation that we are or why people are thinking these different things because people are thinking one way, you know, quite respectfully, but we're thinking another way because we're thinking from a biblical point of view and what we really care about is what God says in a certain situation but we completely understand that other people don't feel the same way but that's that's the point of view that we come from because then you have a great opportunity to to share the gospel it just in whatever way the Lord opens up um, that's just a thought that I had. Ruth, you've made a wonderful contribution here because, you know, we could have our truth and righteousness foundations and attack people left, right and centre with those, the uh, old Bible bashing mentality. Uh, I think you've got a different sort of an idea here, but the conflict creates the opportunity. Wayne Forward, what are your thoughts for Ruth? 
Yeah, Ruth, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's a wonderful uh, a wonderful insight that you bring. Uh, one of the things which is key when we're having these sort of discussions with people is moving away from what we would refer to as just arguing the position or arguing what even the question is that we're arguing over, that to really be able to have healthy conversations, we need to be able to move into what we refer to as talking through the interests. It, it's the, it's what it is that informs our positions on a particular issue. And what you're highlighting in saying that we want to be able to talk through and build an understanding of, of a Christian worldview is really kind of stepping into that place of wanting to move the conversations into the place of how we do see the world differently. Uh, and key to that is... is is being able to explain that. So I think absolutely really love your insight. Uh, Ruth, while we've got you here, it's uh, an interesting thing too, isn't it? Uh, that while everything is, you know, calm and smooth in your workplace, nobody's having any sort of argument at all, uh, you actually are stopped, uh, halted uh, from having an opportunity to contribute because sometimes truth emerges when there is some level of conflict. How, how do you think about those things, Ruth? Um, I'll, I'll just give you a very quick scenario if you've got time. I, I was volunteering with an organisation in a hospital for about 26 years and I didn't ever say anything about my beliefs or anything like that. But when a person was leading a thing in, in a room, a workshop, they would say to me, Ruth, if you could just go out of the room for a moment, we're going to tell some questionable jokes or something. I had never said anything. But somehow people knew that I wouldn't like it and then they'd call me back in. <laughs> it was a bit, yeah. a bit interesting. But um, it, I, I believe that the sweet perfume, the knowledge of Jesus, exudes from us wherever we need. But sometimes if we just, that the presence of Jesus is there, that people realize that. And, um, you know, sometimes it can be a, an opportunity for a question later. Well, how did you feel when you were out of the room or you know, yeah. whatever? Uh, Ruth, it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, when you're in a secular workplace, uh, that people very quickly actually pick up your values just because of your behavior and uh, your habits and uh, the things that you do on the weekend the fact that you might go to church people pick up that you are a christian and so yes some people are going to be respectful of you and uh, if they're you know telling a few blue jokes they might say uh yeah you might not want to be here and you might want to go out of the room so that's actually a, a sign of respect from your uh, workmates over that uh, over that long time uh, there ruth but a thought or two further to that uh, uh, Wayne, your thoughts on, on 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 what Ruth is sharing? Yeah, I mean, it, it's lovely in in some sense, isn't it? That that respect was shown that through her, just her presence. I mean, it says something, Ruth, that something about you. People understand where you sit uh, on your worldview and beliefs. It would seem, uh, and there was a that as you've rightly said, Neil. There's a sense in which they were showing respect. They wanted to be able to go in a different way that might cause offence, and so they they excluded that. Uh, it's interesting. I think we do see and we do live in a culture that does want to and values respecting the other. Uh, some recent research from McCrindle Research uh, that was looking at acceptance and so on actually pointed towards that part of the research showed that respect is something that Australian culture 
does does value does does want to continue to be present uh where the challenge of it for it lies in this space is how do we show respect towards one another and when do we where does respect and, and, and acceptance begin and end when we think differently and particularly over some of these more contentious issues uh, that's where the challenge really lies uh, ruth in new south wales thank you so much for a great contribution 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation you might have a question a comment even a critique for the conversation uh, about four minutes to the news let's just talk about some of the maybe some practical things preparing ourselves <laughs> wayne uh, for those healthy conversations around our concerns that we might ha- be seeing in the workplace? Yeah, I think there's a few different ways that we can prepare ourselves for these conversations. Uh, one is, uh, which we've already touched on, is making sure that we're actually aware of what we believe and why we believe it, more importantly. I've actually been able to process through and put some some words to to the reasons for our beliefs. Because it's one thing to say, I believe X, it's another thing to be able to clearly and articulately explain why it is that we hold to that. Uh, so I think that would be one thing, is trying to put some words and understand why we believe what we believe. I think the other bit of it then is also recognising and preparing ourselves that not everyone is going to agree with us. Uh, we often, uh, in our church worlds, on our Sundays and so on, we can we can unintentionally find ourselves in something of an echo chamber where we just hear what we want to hear. Uh, we hear others that think similarly along our own lines, preparing ourselves to recognise as we are in our workplaces and these topics come up of recognising that not everyone will think the way we think and being prepared to be able to hear differences of opinion and preparing ourselves to then listen well to why the other people might think differently to ourselves we can be quick to to shut down instead we want to be able to to prepare ourselves to listen well and part of that is thinking through what questions might i ask uh, of the other person to be able to to better understand where they're coming from uh, not because we we suddenly want to change our positions uh, but because we genuinely want to be able to hear them uh, and because that's a way of of loving, it's a way of honouring, it's a way of respecting, it's a way of being humble towards the other person and showing grace towards them as well. Powerful concept because it puts extra pressure on the shoulders of the Christian believer, doesn't it? Because not only do we need to be across the detail and knowing what and why we believe what we do, but we also have to understand why people believe the other way uh, we have to understand uh, where they're coming from that's what you're saying mm. yeah absolutely and and preparing ourselves to be able to have those conversations uh, we might not necessarily know all of the other arguments that someone else is going to raise with us or reasons for for why they hold to a particular way and that that might be helpful at different times but a lot of the time we just want to be able to prepare ourselves to be able to have these conversations to be able to listen well uh, and to accept as we as we do listen uh, that there are uh, there is history with our church to say that we haven't always done well in in honoring others who think differently to ourselves 
the Royal Commission, for example, is is a is a stain, isn't it? Uh, it highlighted that the brokenness of the church and the wrongs that we have done. And we need to be ready to be able to hear that and and accept that that comes with some consequences. People are less trusting of the church. Uh, they're skeptical around when Christians believe that they can think differently and still love somebody. Uh, we need to be accepting of that as well. So as we're having those conversations and being okay to 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 take some rightful criticism of of the of the church. We'll take another call in just a few moments, but Wayne, before we do, the thought that things have changed and are changing very rapidly and society is forming its own views around acceptance and tolerance. This is something we have to be able to grapple with, accept and understand how we navigate a way forward under that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's It's been interesting. There's a fair bit of sociology uh, kind of around uh, and research around the way that uh, acceptance or sometimes it's referred to as tolerance uh, is viewed and understand in our culture. And the research that is coming out and has been over the last decade or so now is really highlighting that there is a change in the way that tolerance or acceptance is viewed. Uh, the classical or, or, I guess, traditional way that tolerance and acceptance has been seen has been sometimes it's kind of best summarised um, by Voltaire's very famous quote that says, uh, I disprove disprove of what you say, but I will defend your right to say it. It's that idea that we might think differently, but we want to be able to have an environment in which we're each able to share those differences. But recent research, the most recent that I've read, is it came out uh, earlier on this year by uh, a group here in Australia uh, called Mainstream Research, uh, they showed that only 38% of our culture now actually hold to that position uh, of defining acceptance and tolerance in that way. Uh, the bulk of people, 55%, rather start to to frame and understand those uh, acceptance and tolerance by a view that says, actually, I accept, we accept not just the person, but we also accept their their view, their their way of thinking around the world, that the place of judgment of whether that is right or wrong is suspended. And so that that subtle shift uh, actually removes a, a tolerance, if you like, to to thinking differently. And we saw that play out in the Andrew Thorburn. It's it's one of the reasons I would suggest why it was seen as not not acceptable that he might personally hold to some positions uh, but be able to be part of a club that took a, a very I guess a more secular or, or or acceptable view from a cultural perspective around issues of, of sexuality and so on taking calls 1-800-316-316 let's hear from Andy in Victoria hi Andy welcome g'day how you doing very well Andy what are your thoughts yeah, look, I just wanted to share a story of my own. Um, I've always been somebody who's taken, you know, brought God into my workplace, you know, each and every day. And I've tried to make my decisions based on, you know, what I believe in in, in everything that, that I do in my workplace, even if it's not necessarily, you know, overtly obvious. I had a situation mm. where I was employed with an organisation for 
nearly five years, and four of those years are amazing. Um, but at the end of uh, the fourth year, and we were doing a big project, and they said to me, oh, you know, they, we got some advice around, you know, needing a lot of extra people, and they decided not to, uh, you know, get those people for this project. And they said to me, oh, look, you know, you're going to need to do a lot of stuff and, and uh, it's going to involve an enormous amount of your time. And I said, look, I'm happy to do my best. But, uh, you know, my family comes first. I had a child with special needs and I just I had to choose between my family and my, my beliefs and, and doing this, this project. And when I expressed that, things started to go sour. And they, my, uh, my boss made up some charges against me and was in, you know, good friends with the HR person. And, you know, at the end of the day, I actually ended up getting some advice around, um, you know, what, what, was, what was right. And I was actually probably had a good case against them to take them to court and win. But I really felt mm. God clearly tell me, just shake the dust off your feet and move on. And that's exactly what I did. And in actual fact, God blessed me with an amazing opportunity and a job post that situation. But I just feel it's really important to, to take God into our workplace and listen to what he's got to say about every situation and stand up for our values. Andy, mm. thank you for calling through with your own story there. Let's get a thought or two from Wayne. Uh, how do you yeah. respond and how do you uh, talk about Andy's situation? Yeah, well, Andy, let me let me start off by saying, obviously, sorry to hear that you you navigated that that situation, but want to be able to commend you on the. It sounds like the way you conducted yourself in both seeking to to uh, listen to God in in the midst of that, and also to remain solid in in your convictions around what it means to be a father, a, a godly father. Uh, godly husband to be able to care for your family in that as well. Uh, the, the truth is, of course, in our workplace environments, we are often called to, to choose and to make decisions in that. Uh, and sometimes they're going to be costly. And uh, I guess Andy has just shared the cost of, of standing up for that. I think we're reminded in Matthew, aren't we, that even when we are peacemakers who are called children of God, which we're told is blessed, uh, the very next verse after that says that we are also going to be persecuted for righteousness. Uh, even when we do seek to conduct ourselves in a way that is peacemaking, uh, as we share our thoughts and beliefs respectively and lovingly with those around us, uh, there are still going to be circumstances where that isn't accepted. Uh, we need to be ready for that. Uh, that's okay. We've been warned about it. Just promise us that he is with us in the in the midst of those difficulties, uh, but we do need to be prepared to 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 face that. And Andy, while you're on the line, uh, interesting that you make a reference to shaking the dust off your feet when you felt unwelcome in your workplace and uh, drawing attention to that scripture, which is largely about inhospitality. And uh, Jesus was being asked, you know, about, uh, you know, what happens uh, in these uh, circumstances where you're rejected. And it was Jesus' words, you know, shake the dust off your feet. In actual fact, he went on to say from that, and this might be a, 
a warning to the secular employer that decides that the Christian employee is not good enough and uh, they decide to shake the dust off their feet. He said, worse for you will be the punishment uh, than what was uh, for Sodom and Gomorrah. So uh, there's a bit of a warning there and there's a little bit of a, you know, there's a bit of tough stuff coming from God himself about how things happen for people who reject you as a believer. Now, I'm just taking a big sideline here, but uh, any thoughts on that, Wayne? Yeah, I mean, I think we do worship a God who is sovereign and he has um, He has put together a, a system for our world to live in, which uh, is the best for us. Uh, And he does give us warning uh, when we step away from that, that there are consequences to that. Uh, I think the the thing for us to be able to keep in mind is that that God, even while we were still kind of in rebellion, it was in that space that he sent Jesus out to extend that arm of relationship, of the opportunity to find forgiveness uh, through Jesus Christ. Uh, and so whilst we hold on to that ni- that notion and that idea that God will certainly bring justice uh, in the future, uh, and w- there is a place to be able to remind people of that warning, uh, we need to continue to extend that arm of love and invite people to be able to hear us and invite people to hear what God has to say into our situation. Andy, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Yes, a mistake to get into uh, being a little vindictive and saying, well, God's got my back and expect his judgment anytime soon. But uh, Mm. the thought that you've got to be able to adjust in your workplace and love people in your workplace, even though they might not be tolerant or accepting of you, there is something here because uh, love is a really powerful thing that brings about uh, transformation and change in itself. Thoughts here about how you actually do that, Wayne? Yeah, I think part of it is about uh, recognising that we're not alone. Uh, God is with us in these hard spaces Uh, When we just try to do it on our own steam, it can feel overwhelming. But when we can recognize and hold on to some of those promises that God gives us, Jesus says he's he's not going to leave us. He's with us to the very end of the age, uh, that we are given his spirit who gives us the right words to say, uh, of recognizing that even if we get the wrong words, that we bumble over our words a little bit at different times, uh, God is able to use that in the right and helpful ways for people as well. Uh, And so I think reminding ourselves of that, uh, I think also in the midst of that as well, is recognizing that uh, we can also lean on our friends and our communities to help support us in that space. When we do find ourselves in those hard positions of of asking the communities that we are part of to to and our churches to be able to support us and care for us, give us advice. What what would what would others say into those positions as well? That's a really powerful point, what happens in that small group that you're a part of or your local church, the community, the men's group or the women's group, uh, those sorts of support networks. Uh, sometimes we think they're just a social gathering, but actually when we're going through a hard time, that's where we want to be able to glean and gather some strength 
uh, to be able to face those challenges, the adversity in the workplace. So a very, very important point. Just to enlarge on that, the local church, uh, it's an important place. It's not just a club. It actually is something that is vital for life, uh, vital for being able to have that support network. Uh, What are your thoughts around the local church and relying on your church in times of need, Wayne? Mm, I think it's a really, really important part. In our workplaces, we can often face those challenges. We've heard that from Andy when he called in a moment ago. Uh, I've certainly got plenty of friends that share similar testimonies and, and stories along those lines. But it's, it's in our community that we're able to find that encouragement. Uh, Hebrews talks about not stop meeting together in order so that we can be encouraged in this place. Uh, it's as we gather together that we can be resourced, we can equip to, to help us understand some of the reasons that stand behind our positions and beliefs on things. Uh, and it's also in those places where we're able to, to have a place where we can, I guess, be vulnerable uh, with others and still accepted uh, as we think differently to the wider our wider culture that we live within. Uh, recognising as things are changing, Wayne, uh, it's a point now where it is getting to the place where corporations are telling us what we should believe. Now, we might be able to name all sorts of corporations. I'm thinking Qantas as I'm, as I'm framing a thought around this and employees who've sure. all of a sudden had to tow the party line on various woke issues and uh, being told what they should believe. Uh, It gets harder and harder when the corporation actually sets the agenda for what you must believe and how you must behave. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I think as a culture, we're we're still trying to figure this out. Uh, I know that in the, the wider commentary around uh, freedom of beliefs. Uh, there is discussion at the moment around the idea of a bill of rights, or a, or at least a anti-religious discrimination bill, and so on, uh, to be able to etch into uh, our culture the the freedoms that we need to be able to think differently on these. Uh, and we're seeing some of the backlash of, uh, I guess, in in sport particularly, uh, when we're seeing. Uh, organisations and corporations start to enforce onto people what they may need to need to uphold or advocate for, and so we've seen things, for example, in the the NRL, uh, uh, the whole issue around manly sea eagles as players were asked to to uh, wear the the pride jersey. A uh, number of them stepped back and said, actually, that's a line that we're not willing to cross. Uh, we've seen it emerge not out of religious areas, but even more recently in the netball. Uh, around when an organisation and, and players think differently to what their governing body do uh, over particular issues. And, and I think as a culture, we're in a state of flux of, of knowing where that pendulum sits. But in a, in a society which is really wanting to value uh, difference, uh, that values and upholds uh, and advocates for people to hold and think differently on particular issues, we need to be really careful when we start to enforce what can where those boundary lines are uh, uh, on individual positions. Uh, let me just uh, mention, I wrote a book and released it this year. It's called Public Christians in a Secular Age, and it deals a little bit with these sorts of changes that are happening because when we talk about the way secularization has taken a hold in Australia, 
Uh, it's mm. described as something like a structural eclipse. You know, so you can imagine an eclipse of the moon uh, shatter, the moon coming in in face of the sun, and and so the sun that was shining brightly is being blocked by the moon. Things changing very dramatically. And uh, what I've advocated for is a way out of the eclipse, which I hope starts a conversation about moving forward from these things rather than just wallowing in the challenges. But one of those things we do in the organisations that we're a part of is that we help to set a culture which has you know, the mission of God at the centre of what your organisation does. And this really comes down to Christian leaders of organisations, but the people who are a part of organisations, they can be a part of shaping the culture within. So in some sense here, and uh, your thoughts, Wayne, on the way that you might be in that middle management area, looking forward to an upper echelon job eventually, helping to shape the culture now so that you've got a way forward to move up the ladder. Any thoughts here? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a, a large part of what PeaceWise talks about is actually building cultures of peace. Uh, and a key part of that is, is recognising that we have a really rich opportunity to be able to influence culture uh, as Christians, to be able to love, uh, to be able to care, to be able to to exercise that kindness towards others, that grace towards others, and being proactive of seeing that our presence in our workplaces is not just about getting what we need to get done done. Uh, We've got deadlines to meet and so on, but actually the way we conduct ourselves is key and important as followers of Jesus. We are called his ambassadors and we exercise that a lot about not in the just getting the job done, but in the way that we get the job done. And as we do that in a distinctly different way that's informed by Christ's love, uh, we have the opportunity to to steer people to see the difference that Jesus makes. And I think in this whole place, uh, this discussion around uh, acceptance and tolerance and, and so on, we have the opportunity to say we want to do the discussion differently. We don't want to just finger point and say you think differently, therefore you have to be out. Uh, we can't listen to you. There is no place of acceptance for you. We actually want to be able to conduct ourselves differently. I'll be able to say, yes, we might think differently, uh, but as people who are created in the image of God, we still welcome all people. Uh, We want to understand and journey with you in life, even where we do think differently. You know, as I think of PeaceWise and uh, happily uh, saying to listeners, I've sat through uh, some training from PeaceWise. It is really amazing. It's outstanding training. It helps you to be able to navigate those difficult issues that you might find in your workplace. And, and you know, what happens even in your local church? You can have conflict all over the place, but you can get some really good grounding in principles, being able to navigate that conflict resolution. But not only that, Wayne, you can become the person who is a mediator between others who are having conflict as well. This is something that you work very hard on. You work with organizations, you work with churches. Uh, How can people access some of the wonderful training that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I thank you for the 
the the the encouragement and the favour uh, by the way you described it there, Neil. But yeah, if you are interested in thinking around how to be trained as a peacemaker, uh, through us, check us out on our website www.peacewise.org.au. Uh, you can go to our Peacewise U page and you'll find a whole lot of information around our training, uh, both around personal peacemaking as well as going on to do what we call conflict coaching or mediation training where you can be equipped to be able to help others navigate conflict themselves. Uh, wonderful stuff. And there's Peacewise for adults that we might be talking to today, but there's Peacewise Kids and Peacewise Youth. Uh, you've got some programs for young ones, children coming up into teenage years and, and even before they hit those adult years. Uh, what a wonderful discipleship method that is. So if you're mm. actually uh, you know, introducing something like this into a children or a youth ministry, how does that work too? Yeah, absolutely. We're really proud of a curriculum that we have, Peacewise Kids, Peacewise Youth, that teaches biblical peacemaking to children uh, all the way from ages four up to 25. Uh, you can find information out on that in our website. We work in churches uh, are using that curriculum. We're also working in schools right across Australia and now even into the US as well in teaching children how to do biblical peacemaking. One of the things that motivates us to that is just that idea of, man, if I could have known how to be a biblical peacemaker as a child, how different that would have made my teenage, my young adult years, how it could have influenced workplace kind of issues that we've encountered in the future as well. Uh, yeah, please check it out. Peacewise Kids, Peacewise Youth. Uh, great organisation, peacewise.org.au. Uh, you've probably got nothing to lose and everything to gain uh, by understanding some principles that they share in that training. Peacewise.org.au. And Wayne Forward is the national CEO of Peacewise. Wayne, thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you so much for having us again, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.